You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, it's Bilal Bakani at Bilal 87 on Twitter and Instagram. It's night one of WrestleMania, and I'm joined by good old AR, Alex Ross, and Daniel Johori, my second favorite Daniel. And guys, you know, looking at WrestleMania night one, uh, this very much was a B-show and very much sort of the appetizer to the main event. And it makes a lot of sense. Some people have reached out to me, not even realizing this was happening. But we got to get right to the Undertaker-AJ Styles match. What did you guys think? And I want to start with Alex. Daniel and I chatted a bit, so I'm really curious to what Alex thought of the Undertaker-Styles uh, uh, Boneyard match. Uh, it was interesting for a non-traditional wrestling match, mm. but I think it was a little too long, and yeah. they stretched it out too much, and the acting is so bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> but like to to a point where you can't stop watching. What is this formula <laughs> that WWE has created? That he, me as a casual fan, I'm like playing my Nintendo Switch. I got this wrestling. And my girlfriend, my fiance, keeps walking into the room and she's being like, "This sounds like the dumbest shit ever." But she's like, "That Metallica music was pretty rocking." Yeah, that's right. pretty good. Uh, Daniel, my, what did you think? My wife kept walking in and out throughout the whole show. But it wasn't until the the Taker AJ match where she sat down to watch it, mm. and 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 for her she was half loving it and half cringing. Like we were both, like it was very cringy <laughs> in a lot of ways, and and in a lot of ways it was the most entertaining thing on the show. Right. <laughs> I, I think you're right. Like I'm not sure if I'm willing to to give it that, but it certainly is going to be the most memorable. And. Yes. I just, you know, I wanted Kane. I wanted Michelle McCool to be in this because it was a tad ridiculous for this. Uh, Alex, what do you say the Undertaker was now? 55 years old? 55. He looked yeah. 65. Oh, 100%. But for him to just not only get through AJ Styles, the OC, the OC, by the way, won the world's greatest tag team, and they're just jobbers here to the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. And then just a bunch of random druids there. And the, the Dark Order showed up. Yeah. Like, I don't even, it's just, it's bizarre. Uh, I thought they were going to be on Taker's side. Yeah, I, I, me too. Well, like, me well, too. I, I think I we all did, but no, yeah. I, I don't know. It just, I, it was so weird. I, I, I don't even know if I can add anything to it. I'm just sort of stunned, especially... You know, this was a show, wrestling's always a guilty pleasure. And during this time, and I know we've talked about this, this has been taped before, but it's even more of a guilty pleasure now. And when you have a boneyard match in the midst of this deadly outbreak, it's even more of a guilty pleasure. And I just, I'm sort of embarrassed I'm a wrestling fan right now, to be honest. I think that's the prevailing thought. Uh, it's... I- the other thing, you know, I was thinking if I was thinking like I wanted Kane to show up, but yep. then a part of me was like, if he shows up, what a horrible example! The mayor of Knox County <laughs> crossing state lines to to do this, like he would have been, he probably would have been criticized for doing that. So I'm glad he didn't do that in the end. Uh, that's a great point. Uh, let's just let's try to move on. I don't know if it'll be possible. Uh, a massive surprise was the Universal Champion yes. Goldberg going up against Braun Strowman, and we just talked about this last night, leading up to this podcast. Literally the least build for a major title match ever. Ever. Like it's just not even like I went back and checked. I don't even think they mentioned Roman Reigns in the little ten second blurb. It's just oh, Braun Strowman match. Yeah. Well, it's just I like you could have. You could have had Roman Skype in and explain it and say he handpicked Braun. Didn't do any of that. There was no explanation. Yeah, and to the credit of this match, this was short. It was hard hitting. 
It was simple. And this is a match that you didn't really, like all of these other matches, I think the crowd was missed. These guys just hit so hard and so fiercely. And you don't want Goldberg, another guy in his mid-50s, in there for an extended period of time. Uh, none of us had Braun Strowman winning this match, but I think we're all happy for him. And uh, Daniel, I think, you know, as much as we didn't see this coming, I think we're very, very happy to be surprised here. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Now that it's happened, it's like, why not? Uh, and there was probably like last night I was just guessing where, when I said, I, of course I thought Goldberg was going to win, but I said, maybe, maybe he can't, maybe he has obligations. He was going to mm-hmm. drop the belt to Roman anyways. So maybe they will give it to Braun, but I really didn't think that was going to happen. Alex. Uh, I think this is the contender for the match of the night. It was just mm-hmm. all matches should have been this short and sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And keeping it short and sweet. One thing that uh, went again, went a little long and I think it's going to be the theme of every other match we talk about tonight was the raw women's championship, Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. And this was one where, you know, the submission sort of game, Baszler was built up, you know, Becky had her stupid truck because they already bought the truck for an arena show. And, you know, that was a thing they were going to do. But anyways, when it came down to it, it really looked like Shayna Baszler had Becky's number. Becky got some baloney roll-up thing. I don't even remember now because I'm trying to push it out of my brain. And Becky Lynch is still your Raw Women's Champion. And Daniel, uh, I think it's very clear Vince McMahon does not believe in Shayna Baszler. And she will never become the star she should be. Uh, probably not. It's unfortunate, and that's because that's she's one of the most believable characters on the roster overall. Uh, I, I find her compelling, believable, and and like again, one of the most uh, uh, from from the men and the women. She's the most mm-hmm. believable, and, and the one that I go, wow, I wouldn't mess with this person. Alex, uh, she's a poor man's Nikki Cross. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, here's the other thing in terms of how she was presented. I was just thinking especially in this environment where you don't have a crowd. Uh, we'll get into the Sami Zayn match later where they were aided by having people at ringside. How great would it have been? Because NXT is based in Florida. You have the other two horsewomen. I'm not talking about Ronda Rousey, but you have Maria Shafir. You have Jessamyn Duke. They could have been at ringside with Baszler and they could have enhanced her as a leader of a stable uh, that's even more deadly. And I think the only way they can go now is Baszler shows up with those two women as sort of reinforcements so she can be more of a heel, more of a powerhouse. And that has to be the way you, you push her forward because now I think if you don't lean on the MMA horsewoman thing, I think you don't have a character anymore with Baszler because she, she was so dominant in the Elimination Chamber. And to not pay that off here, uh, is just I, I don't understand it. I just don't. Well, they, they still, I mean, Becky is still one of their top draws, maybe mm-hmm. the top, three uh, yeah. of the of the current like active people i'm not talking about the scene like the people that are there every week yeah i think she's in the top three still 100 oh, uh, she's on the cover of 2k20 100 right she's the um, only international superstar that has a title is yeah. that true I, uh well i'm sure if you're thinking major titles now it's funny you say that alex because tomorrow we will see drew mcintyre versus brock lesnar and my uk right. friends will tell you that if Drew McIntyre wins, he'll be the first UK-born superstar to become world champion. So that could change literally in 24 hours. But it's a great point from a marketing standpoint and everything else. Um, but let's move on because things got a lot better as much as I was disappointed in that match. Kevin Owens faced Seth Rollins, and I have to be honest, I didn't pay any attention to this match. The first time, it ended in disqualification. I said, you know what? Not for me. 
this has not lived up to sort of the hype they had around what these guys have done. But then Owens got on the mic. He called out Seth, called him a bitch basically a few times. And Seth, Seth went in there. They had a no DQ match. And this went relatively well until Seth Rollins was laid out on the announce table and Kevin Owens, and you knew right away from the moment he ran off, climbed onto the WrestleMania sign, which was behind the announce table, and did his senton off the top of that sign. I don't know if he's 20 feet up, if he was 10 feet up, but it was insanely impressive. It's probably one of the most iconic things from this day of WrestleMania, and it looked badass as all hell. Uh, Kevin Owens gets the win eventually, and I think they saved this, Daniel. I think they saved this. Uh, I think the, the, when they restarted the match is when I fully got engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, are you suggesting that his that stunt that he pulled is going to be? You think this is going to be remembered for a long time? <laughs> well, maybe not a long time. I'm going to preface this by for this day of WrestleMania because you know they're going to come back and WWE, much like the ruthless aggression documentaries, they write their own history. And I'll flip this right to Alex. Alex, when you think of this mania, is that not one of the top three moments of tonight, of night one? And I know that's the crappier night, too. Probably the best bump of the night, but the yes. most mediocre match of the night. Up until that point, I would agree with you. Like, it really and, – and maybe it's just this has gone on. Daniel, how long has it been going on? Five months? Four months with these guys? This has dragged the hell on with, like, all these different characters revolving that's around right. it, right? There was a lot – because they had a lot of – people in this in this feud originally yeah and none of them (laughs) made it to the final match for various reasons couldn't be there tonight yeah yeah like one of the op members was hurt buddy murphy they just decided not to put him there samoa joe got hurt again and the viking raiders don't even make sense anymore because they were sort of the least important part of this so i don't know what happened to them well i guess they just don't figure into this uh and for whatever reason they didn't want to put him in the raw tag team title match we'll see tomorrow um just just crazy uh, but we will uh, move on here to the Intercontinental Champion, Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, let's go over to Alex. Sami Zayn retaining. Uh, surprise to you, me and Daniel had this. But what did you think of this match? Because I think technically this was a very well-wrestled match. And storytelling-wise, they tried to do some things differently. Yeah, it, it, it was a nice little send-off for Daniel Bryan. It, it actually showed some really good technical wrestling. Uh, most of the night actually lacked yeah. a lot of that. I think the Cesaro pre-match, mm-hmm. uh, pre-event was Gulak, like... Yep. Yeah, a, a, a lot of the technical stuff was there as, as well. But otherwise, you know, Daniel Bryan, like, why? Like, what, what were you doing there? What happens now? Mm-hmm we all know your contracts on the outs or Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, he's not really happy. So like, does he care after this? Does it matter? Zane moves away and he looks like, uh, Santino that, uh, the comedian, the, the whiskey ginger guy. Yeah. Well, the other thing, Cheeto Santino. The other thing with Sammy before we go to Daniel is he looks like Fidel Castro. He does look like Fidel Castro. I can't get enough of it. Uh, Daniel. He like him. I right. want to go, to go to you on this because we saw Gulak, as, as, as Alex alluded to earlier in the night, uh, and for Daniel Bryan, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the fact he does not want to go to Saudi Arabia, and if not for his political protests, this is a guy who probably would have been in the Goldberg match if, he, if Daniel Bryan wasn't the activist he was. Who knows? Uh, I, I, it's, right, there's too many 
there's too many things to 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 even look forward to him in the future. And, and now that he says that he likes to uh, become a part time, I think he's he like, I think he's probably fed up. But he's also I think he's a a, a grateful person that like he's grateful to this company that made him a good living. So I don't think he'll mm-hmm. leave and jump. Like I don't think he's going to go to AEW. I think he'll ride out his career here, but he just won't be happy doing it. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a shame because uh, the, just the relationship with him and Gulak. Like, I know you haven't probably followed this as much as me and and Daniel Alex, but there, there's such a cool dynamic. Like Gulak helping him during this match and coaching him and the communication. Like, it really felt like nothing else on this card, didn't it? Uh, it was just a, a straight shooting match. That a lot again, nice and sweet. Like it kept the energy up. That's all I want when there's no mm-hmm. audience. There shouldn't be long-winded breaks making me realize how slow wrestling actually is without an audience. Speaking of slow matches, let's go to the SmackDown Tag Team Title Championship Triple Threat, yeah. which just became a triple threat between John Morrison, I believe it was Jimmy Uso, and Kofi Kingston. I'm torn on this because uh, Alex pointed out earlier, just, he just wrote MOVE in all caps, and I think this encapsulates this match. But some of the spots here, whether it was John Morrison with the Spanish fly or some of the stuff these guys did with the ladder, some of the trash talk between Jimmy and Kofi, there's a lot of really good things here. Um, so I think the actual match had some very good moments and some very good spots. Yes. The problem came in the finish where you had the Uso, you had Kingston on the top getting the title. Morrison just kind of is the third wheel, and Morrison just gets smashed off the ladder, but he has the belt. And unfortunately, Kofi and uh, Jimmy, they're so stupid that they just have the belt holder. And for two guys who are in teams that have won the belts about 15 times, you think they know how a ladder match works. You know? Daniel? I, I just, oh, sorry, I thought we were going to Alex first. I, I, they, made the, uh, they made Kofi and uh, – was it Jimmy or Jay? I'm pretty sure it was Jimmy, but don't quote me on that. They made the, the – both of them look so stupid with that finish. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. And I, I, I thought they, they did a really good job with this for the most part, which, uh, and, and Morrison's amazing. I forget how, how fantastic he is in mm. situations like this. Uh, they did a, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I kept me, I was engaged the whole time, but they, just the ending where they look like goofs. For, yeah. Uh, and, and right before the ending, they, Morrison, who's, so incredibly athletic and mm-hmm. a parkour export expert. They they make him look like such an idiot where he's holding on to the but he's worried about his balance because he has to stall for Kofi to like like he he wouldn't uh. grab the, like he's worried about his balance suddenly. Um, like they made him look like a goop. Well, he had to wait for Kofi for like ten seconds. Uh, and, and Alex, last year, we saw Kofi Kingston win the WWE title yeah. in one of the best moments of the entire show. And here he is looking like a complete idiot. Did this ruin the whole match for you, Alex? I think it did for me. Yeah, I, again, no audience means there's no like participation. There's no energy level that these guys are vibing on. So that kind of extra push you get from the audience yeah. to make you realize, oh, I got to focus. I got to look at this belt. They're just like kind of... It looks Especially dumb. In this, type, in this type of match, it's, yeah. it's, it's unfortunate that mm-hmm. they did all that in front of nobody. Like, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's almost a match I wish they had put off for when The Miz was healthy and when they could have done it properly. Like, I think nobody would have been upset if they said, hey, 
the Miz has got the flu, he's in quarantine, we're going to do this in a few months. I think we would all understand, because the Miz and Morrison just won this belt at Elimination Chamber. Well, that um, could apply to everything on the card. What you well, I, I think this one a little bit more than others, uh, and certainly not the next match, which was Elias and King Corbin. <laughs> oh, Elias wow. did not just show up for this match. He won. He won after being Lion Murdered. King. Yeah, yeah. Like, for lack of a better term. And going to a local health facility in the middle of a pandemic and was not put in isolation. Instead, he shows up in a match eight days later or whatever. Wearing the same clothes. Yeah. Uh, Alex, what the hell did you make of this? Uh, I mean, again, Corbin is stripped of, like, he's just totally exposed in these matches with no audience where he has mm-hmm. nobody to yell at. He has nobody yeah. to, to rile up. And he just sounded like a whiny baby. <laughs> The entire time. It's so amazing what you're hearing now and how much more they're being verbal and stuff. And they can't pick fights with the crowd. So it, it just got annoying. And I wanted Elias to, to show Corbin up because Elias is just a better character, better wrestler, mm. better body, better look, better everything. And Corbin's just, when's that guy, like, where's that guy's career going? Like, I, I don't understand Corbin's progression. Well, the thing about it, and before we go, Daniel, is that the weird thing with Corbin is because he hasn't been a tweener like Elias, he is sort of one of the top heels on SmackDown. And I hate to say that, Daniel, but that, that is kind of where he is, right? Is he a top heel? He's a heel. But, well, I mean, look look where – look, all the focus they gave him this year, and look where he ended up in, in yeah. this feud with, with Elias. And, again, these two are lucky there was no crowd. This crowd would have mm-hmm. hijacked – a WrestleMania card would have hijacked this match. Remember, like a few uh, several years ago, with Orton and Sheamus, and the and the mm. crowd hijacked the match. They didn't want to see these fucking two. They're so tired of this. I love and, that. Uh, like they they would have this match would have been ripped apart by that audience. So they're lucky that there's nobody there. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's. I don't want to say anything more about it. Let's talk about the opener for the main card, and we are going to quickly get into the pre-show and a couple other random things I want to talk about with the, all of this. Uh, we had the Raw, the women's tag team champions. There's one called the Raw women's tag team champions. Don't make two belts for both shows, please. The Kabuki Warriors taking on Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. This, again, started the main show. And I, I honestly felt sad when I watched Kari Sane come out there with the pirate hat. And I said to myself, wow, if she wasn't in this dumb tag team, she could have legitimately been in one of the top title pictures. Like, take your pick. You could have put Kari Sane versus Becky Lynch. You could have put her versus Bailey. You could have put her versus Rhea Ripley. And she could have done her pirate gimmick, and it would have been great. But no, she's the afterthought of this match. Um, the work itself, I thought, was really great. You had a couple of pinfalls. One broken up by the Kari Sane elbow off the top rope. They might have edited that, but it was a great break. And then Nikki Cross won up that by using her Twisted Bliss to break up a pin. I actually thought this match was great. Um, but it will never get the credit it deserves. But I'm very happy also Alexa and Nikki won, and I really want to see Kairi Sane and Asuka broken up, put on different shows so they can become the single stars that this company desperately needs. Alex, did you see any of that, or uh, did I just... Yeah, this actually was uh, another contender for the best match of the night, a great start to the card. I'm not a huge... Um, Alexa Bliss fan, to be honest. I think uh, she doesn't have a lot of personality. And, 
Nikki is definitely, uh, you know, vibrant and, and a mm-hmm. nice, nice touch. The Kabuki Warriors I actually really, really like. I, mm-hmm. I like them separately. I like them together. I, I think it's that flavor that um, WWE lacks, diversity for one. I love the, the Japan style. The mm-hmm. You know, you don't understand what's going on half the time, but that's exciting. It keeps you yep. in. The screams are amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, Alexa looked like she was just some, like, tween being, like, flung around. And it's like, oh, I don't want to be here. <laughs> and Kabuki sold. They were, they were a big sell. Yeah. I, I, but it was, it was obvious they weren't going to win. So, in my opinion, because I, I think, you know, like I said before, like, I, I would be under the impression that, the Kabuki Wars are going back to Japan to quarantine. And, mm. you know, so in the meantime, uh, hopefully they take this time to separate them and make mm. them into individual stars and then they can come back together. Yeah. Daniel, where, where are you on this? Uh, I think, Bilal, you're going to uh, wish that doesn't happen. Uh, mm. Putting Kari Sane separate from Asuka, mm. I think, because you, you know, Mm. I have no faith in this company when it comes yeah. to a foreign talent. Uh, like uh, they just don't know what to do with them, especially Japanese. They have no clue what to mm. do. With them. Uh, like if they, you know, so I, I think she will be booked into obscurity if she's on her own. Oh, that's that's you're right. And we, we, on the main you know, roster, yeah, no, no. Listen, you go back to when the year, and it was only a few years ago when Shinsuke Nakamura and Asuka won yep. the Royal Rumbles. And they both lost to WrestleMania. I can't Look even at remember. Him tonight. Where is he tonight? What did he do? Yeah, he didn't even have a match. You're right. He didn't even have a match. He was a goober that drew Gulak uh, throughout. And I do, I do want to look at where you, what we could do with these women's tag team titles because there are rumors that the Iconics could come back, the two Australians. Um, I sort of thought, you know, watching the Undertaker match, that by this time next year, please don't have the Undertaker on the card. But what you could do is you could have Lay Cool come back with Michelle McCool and Layla, I think the time is right to start to bring back some of those more veteran divas. Or I'd love to see Trish Stratus and Lita come back. I don't think that's going to happen because Trish is already retired. But I think there's an opportunity with these tag team titles uh, to bring back some of the great female wrestlers of past years. Like I think there is like there's a little bit there's some more hope I have after tonight for these women's tag team titles. Even the idea of Beth Phoenix and Natalia. You know, Daniel. Like I think. I think there's a lot of options for this belt if they got creative. And I think ultimately, we know Alexa has a concussion history, and that's probably alludes to a lot of what Alex is saying in terms of her being more timid, not doing the big spots. Like, really, Nikki and Asuka worked a lot of this match. And if, for good reason. Asuka's more seasoned than Kairi Sane on the main roster. She's more known. And Nikki is a, a more, you know, she's more in her prime as a worker. I think eventually, even though they have the tag team belts, I think you have to take Alexa and she has to manage Nikki so Nikki can become a single star. And I think that could work. Uh, do you see any of that, Daniel? I think that that is probably the plan. Uh, I th- there's a lot of uh, ups. Like, Nikki Cross is an is a interesting character. They don't get, let her talk that much. They mm-hmm. used to when she first started. But, as soon, uh, but like right now, she just seems uh, subservient to... Mm to bliss but you know but i i do think i think there's a lot of upsides to nikki cross i agree yeah alex i threw out a lot of old uh, female wrestlers do you have a couple of old female wrestlers you'd want to see tag team together because i know you've got to have one in your back pocket that i wouldn't think of like may young (laughs) (laughs) i'll just stop you right there i'll just no you know what no no, the less said about that the better in the pre-show match drew gulak took on cesaro cesaro won 
Uh, I didn't really expect this to be a match. I was actually confused when Drew Gulak came out. I thought potentially he was going to introduce Daniel Bryan and the Intercontinental title match would be on the pre-show. Uh, Daniel, I think you missed this one. Alex, what did you think of it? Uh, I was impressed. I mean, again, technical, short and sweet, you know, like why can't the main card take a page from some of these younger guys who are actually trying to impress? That's mm-hmm. why I think it's like when a, like a hockey player, like Phil Kessel, you know, like gets a little too comfortable out there mm. where these younger guys are actually trying to get on the main card. It's like these UFC fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the pre-card, these guys have to go all out just so they can go from the minors to the majors. Yep. And I'm surprised. I'm surprised that they don't focus more on like NXT in these pre-cards, mm. doing more up-and-comer stuff. Uh, this is a, a wasted opportunity and only one match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that, that's a good point. For remember, remember during, remember back when we watched for uh, all? Survivor Series? Oh, I think about back in the day, like then they used to do the <laughs> No, like a few months all. ago. <laughs> remember, a f- yeah. it was only a few months ago when they tried to make us believe that mm. NXT was an equal brand. Yeah. And yet... There's no NXT other than there's uh, Rhea Ripley. There's no NXT presence on WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Three months ago, they were an equal brand. Right. I, th- I think the problem with that is they were trying to do it, A, because AEW had just come out. They were doing it to bury them. And obviously, they, they had a plan to do a takeover originally, and they're now sparsing that out over weeks yeah. of NXT, again, despite AEW. Um, so I think you're right, though. I, if you look at this card, and if you had told me we could have put Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream on this card and maybe not had the Gulak-Cesaro match, I think that's an improvement. Um, and, and to the credit of Drew Gulak, he's come to the NXT in the 205 system, and he's a product of that. And I'll tell you this, that Daniel bryan uh, Sami Zayn match I enjoyed, but what I really want to see is now Daniel Bryan mentored Drew Gulak for a match with Sami Zayn I'd love to see Gulak eventually take that title and then Cesaro or, Shins- or Shinsuke Nakamura to then become the number one contender. And then you eventually get a Drew Gulak-Shinsuke Nakamura intercontinental title match, but I have very little faith that will happen. All right, a couple of extra things I want to just throw out um, because I think they were notable in this show and sort of the least important things at the end, but, you know, long show. There's always interesting stuff. Um, Alex, you know, you shouted this out and I, I thought it was a good point. Uh, I think it was good of Stephanie McMahon to come out and sort of explain the sort of the the impetus for what the show was as just an escape uh, from the world we live in now. Yeah, I mean, her life has been an escape from reality <laughs> <laughs> since the uh, era. What, what did they call her in Hunter Helmsley's era? What did they uh, call that? Uh, the Attitude Era? Or are you thinking? No, uh, when they like took over, they gave. Didn't they the have Helmsley McMahon era? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I forgot all about that. They're still living in that, uh, I think. Uh, but it, it's they, they, they absolutely are. Yeah. yeah, no, they are. Uh, so that you know, it was just kind of nice to uh, uh, have you know, the princess or soon to be queen of, of the company mm. kind of, uh, you know, telling us that story time has started and, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, what, yeah, it's just so surreal. Daniel, so surreal. I was just impressed that she didn't take credit for making history. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. Cause she, she has, and she, and for once she didn't, uh, she didn't have, she, I don't know, maybe she, tonight she thought it wasn't appropriate. I don't know. <laughs> sometimes once. she has tact and sometimes she has more tact than her father, but she's, it's a little you more. know, but wait till she gets older too. 
Oh, man. Uh, another thing I want to shout out. This is just a random thought, but again, long show. I have these. Um, they had the opening video. And first of all, man, it's going to be repetitive when we watch the exact same opening video tomorrow. But I have to say, Charlotte as a Game of Thrones character type and the notion of a game of flares with Rick yeah. as a like I think that's the next WWE Network show, especially since Charlotte is married. I think to Andrade. Like yeah. you need a game of flares. I think that's the next great show on WWE Network. You can give me an associate producer credit. That's all I want. Like a reality uh, show. Yes. Of just the flares. That would that, that would that would be like the nail in Ric Flair's coffin. I'm pretty sure. Well, the fact that they don't use Flair is is silly. Like mm-hmm. that he's there and he doesn't like do something with him. He's still better than most of your roster on the mic. Yeah, no, you're right. I think I think I there's know. I know he's managed her before, but even if, if someone you know, if Rhea Ripley had hired Ric Flair to manage her, can you imagine like what an extra layer that could add? I don't think that's the best idea, it's just the first one I had. Um, but there's something there. All right, a couple of more things and we're out of here. Uh, Gronkowski as a host, along with Mojo oh, Raleigh. I forgot and, about them. <laughs> rightfully so. I have to shout out that R-Truth interrupted them and Mojo uh, stopped Gronk from winning the 24 ti- 24-7 title so he could win it. Um, uh, did you guys enjoy the Gronk at all? Uh, you know, I f- completely forgot about him until you mentioned him. Exactly. Alex, do you know uh, who I'm talking about? Yeah, he's good on the mic, Gronkowski, surprisingly. Yeah. No, he's an entertaining... He's good on the mic compelling dude um and i think to his credit i feel like he will make some adjustments much like bill belichick would write up some good adjustments for the patriots so i think he'll get a pep speech and be even better the second night uh and last thing i'll throw out here then i'll open it up to you guys whatever else you want to get in here uh jbl was back on commentary right and uh i there was a moment in particular i generally was very happy he was there but there was uh, a moment where because jbl is this heel personality but he's also a fairly conservative guy who would appear on Fox News. And there was a moment in particular where Michael Cole would, you know, often correct stuff as sort of more of a left-wing face, you know, guy who covered the Democrats, uh, you know, commentator, where Michael Cole said, don't let, you know, or JBL actually responded to Michael Cole correcting him saying, well, don't let your facts get in the way of the story I'm trying to tell. And um, in the Donald Trump world we live in now, I found that extremely appropriate, Alex. Yeah, I really liked this uh, tag team uh, of the uh, acolytes with Donald Trump and Barack Obama. <laughs> that was my uh, favorite version of uh, the acolytes. Uh, <laughs> JBL is a fucking moron, and uh, you can watch him get his face punched out uh, in this Tuesday's Dark Side of the Ring on uh, Vice TV Canada, and you should do that. I look forward to that. Um, it's it was. Uh, I don't know why they had him, but uh, you know, I, I never minded JBL on commentary. Um, I, I he he wasn't overpowering. I guess he was. In fact, I felt like his mic was muted, so I, I didn't even notice him half the time. I was I was listening for his Michael, but uh, <laughs> Miguel Miguel. He only did it a couple times, and then uh, yeah, you see, he was. I, I don't know why they need. I don't know why it just couldn't have been Cole Byron. Corey was there. Why wasn't Corey on commentary? Yeah, that was that's a great point. It was a very unusual configuration because you had to that point Corey Graves and Peter Rosen on the pre-show. You had Charlie backstage. That made the most sense. You had Cole and JBL for SmackDown, and then you had uh, Byron and I believe it was Tom Phillips. I can never tell Tom Phillips. Yes, Joseph. I just remember Vic Joseph has been banished for no reason. Um, but yep. those those were sort of your teams and. 
it is very unusual. I understand why Lawler was pulled from Raw once people realized how serious this situation was. I think it makes sense not to have an older gentleman there. Um, but yeah, I don't understand why you wouldn't just put the teams together, especially since uh, you had this weird situation where obviously this was pre-taped and obviously they taped the Raw matches and the SmackDown matches, but the commentary tables are in the same position. So every time they switched commentators, I was just reminded that this has been pre-taped because otherwise they would have had a different table in a different location and they didn't, right? That's right. So yeah, that's good that point. was sort of a, a continuity issue for me more than anything else. And yeah, I would have been perfectly fine. It was just Cole, Phillips, Saxton. I think that would have made more sense. I did enjoy hearing JBL as a one-off, but I feel like by next night, I'll be sick of him. Um, I want to open it up. Alex, is there anything else that jumped out at you? Because I actually have nothing else. This was uh, very much a B-show. No, just uh, bring back bring back Free For All and <laughs> uh, bring back Brawl For All. Anything with the all at the end, and, and you should bring it back. And that's Y'all. All missing. Y'all. Oh, man. Daniel? Uh, it was uh, – look, we'll never forget this WrestleMania, but th- this one <laughs> overall – slightly under they could you can't do this like uh it's the the matches were 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 all underwhelming unfortunately Mm. even even when they were good yeah I, i i didn't expect to be this disappointed and i think the only saving grace is they've stacked that show because at one point they showed the graphic for the matches tomorrow and it's like you got all the names you've got drew mcintyre and brock you got Rhea and charlotte like basically you have both royal rumble winners Plus you have John Cena, plus you have The Fiend, you know, and you, outside of the Raw Tag Team title, you have all the good matches. Like with the That's right. You know, they did a couple of things. Like obviously they put Goldberg on tonight, so it wasn't like a cut and paste A-B show. But, you know, even to, to not go SmackDown Raw as a way to make this seem random as opposed to but, – but I, I think what I would give WWE credit with is they know that they have a history, and it's a history of about 36 years of doing this on Sunday. So they know they've got to put the money on Sunday. That's when they're going to get the viewers. People who missed tonight are only going to watch Sunday. A lot of people are only going to get the network for Sunday and not even think, oh, it's free. I can get it Saturday as well. Um, So I I kind of understand the methodology, but I really think they could have balanced this better uh, or even made tonight's show a little bit tighter than tomorrow's show because there's more star power on tomorrow's show. So you could have strategic. Yeah, I mean, look, they had, it's not like they didn't have stars. They did, but it all felt underwhelming. Like uh, Mm -hmm. Becky, uh, like Becky's a star. Uh, Taker's a star. A lot of the, Goldberg's a big star, but like, again, Mm -hmm. they all, it was Daniel Bryan, like a lot of these people, but it just, it didn't, you saw what it was. Like Mm -hmm. there was nothing to it. Alex, let me say this, because this is one thing that's bugging me. I feel like, if they had given Baszler the title, I feel like it would have changed the mood enough. It would have given us a new star in a top position on an A show in Raw, although I guess it's really a B show because of the broadcast money. Um, do you feel like that could have maybe changed the vibe of the night? Because I really feel like that's my biggest gripe with all of this. Yeah, same with Kofi Kingston. He, if he walked away champion, we had some yeah. new storylines to be excited about then the night wouldn't have seemed as much of a waste of time yeah i can't so daniel go to that point and then i want to quickly add to that before we go well and then to but you're right but to to that point there i mean they even did that like they did that with uh braun Strowman and still and, uh, the tag in the women's tag team yeah right, so you got you had a few surprises a few of them. Uh, yeah 
but it's still, again, and it's obviously it's not their, the only thing is there's no fault to this. It's just that whether they should have done it or not, and they did it, and this is, so this is what it is. Yeah, it's, it's sort of an impossible situation where I, I think realistically you have two choices, right? You do this or you don't. I don't think there's much, there's not really an in-between because if you don't do this, and say it's one month, it's two months, it's three months before you can do it again. I think most of these stories do not hold weight two months from now. And it's not that a lot of them held a lot of weight. Like if you look at tonight, the AJ Styles Undertaker match had a story. The match itself, I don't know, but it had a story. The Goldberg Braun Strowman thing had no story. Goldberg showed up, he got the title in Saudi Arabia. Braun Strowman was put on a graphic and he was in the match. There's no story there. You know, you look at Becky Lynch, Shayna, there was at least a, a competent story, but a story again with no more mileage in it. Like this felt long by the time they got to this match. Like it felt like Shayna Baszler didn't need the Elimination Chamber. She should have won the Royal Rumble and she probably didn't even need the Royal Rumble. She could have basically showed up any time after Survivor Series in November and she could have gone after Becky Lynch because she had already built herself up as a star. Um, and you know, the John Morrison thing. He just got the title at Elimination Chamber. He doesn't have much of a reign. The Elias Corbin thing had no more gas in the th- tank. Uh, the Nikki Alexa thing was thrown on in the last month. There just, there's not much here, like the Edge-Randy Orton match we're going to get tomorrow night, uh, or the Fiend-John Cena match that feels earned. You know, that feels like it's been built up to a point where we can take it and we can be happy with it. And, and Alex, I know you don't follow this stuff as, as succinctly as me and Dan do, but we're nerds. Um, you feel this as well. Like, I think it's written all over all of this. Casual fans should not feel disappointed at a WrestleMania. He's right. Yeah. I agree. Should be the spectacle. Dan, do you want to add anything to my rant before we go here? Uh, no. I mean, it, it's it, – it, it, look, it, it's it, – it's, Breaking down to what you what you started with with what you said it, it it's, it's whether they did it or they didn't and they did it so this is what you get and it's uh, you know I do appreciate that they did do it mm. you know uh, because it, they really tried to give they were insistent on giving the fans a show this year but this is so this is what you get but it's it's unfortunately underwhelming in a lot of these storylines that had so much, even if it was built poorly, mm. there was a lot of, there was a lot of time put into this and, and it just felt like there was, they, they all hit a wall in one night. I, I could have said it better myself. Well, the good news is we're done pretty early here because it was broken up over two nights. That and I like. It, and I think tomorrow we will have a show. I'm hoping we'll have a show where we'll have moments we can be really happy about uh, in particular, Edge Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, potentially, you know, doing what he could never do in 3MB or anywhere else for that matter, uh, among others. We'll chat about it tomorrow. Alex, Daniel, I thank you guys. I know this is probably, we've done a lot of these. This is probably the hardest one we've done in terms of, you know, there are moments where I almost reached for the switch in the middle of WrestleMania, and that's just not a thought that I've ever had. Um, but we got through it. So, Alex, I thank you. Cheers. And Daniel, um, we are such nerds, aren't we? Yep. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 